Yo, 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 it's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America podcast. Thanks for liking, sharing, subscribing. Shout out to all our upgraders domestically and internationally. We appreciate you. This week, we dive into the world of finance, real estate, and other topics like that on the first part of episode 77. So we got part one, well, round one and round two. Um, yeah, and then this one is a little more informative, not as much as entertaining, but there might be some tidbits in there that anybody can use. Um, I'll be honest, for me personally, all this stuff pretty much went over my head. For the most part, I've heard of most things, but I'm not very familiar, but it's something I'm going to learn myself personally, and hopefully everybody gets something out of it. Thank you. And peace. Ain't nothing left to do but get this money. Bitcoin stocks gotta make the cash flow. Long term, short term, gotta get the assets. Upgrade America, talk money, cash checks. Upgrade America, get the bank that's next. So, what's up, internet world, and all of our upgraders? Congrats if you're still surviving 2020 and breathing easy don't get too cocky as we speak an asteroid is zooming towards the earth at 85,000 miles per hour don't worry it won't come near our planet until november 2nd and if armageddon doesn't disrupt the elections i don't know what will fear not there's still plenty of time to make some short-term investments flip some stocks options a little crypto you know all that good stuff and if you're new to investing, you come to the right place. We have a financial expert on the show today who's going to break down the gazingas and gazadas of all that newfangled financial wizardry. I'm Cameron Ra, 2020 independent presidential candidate and host and executive producer of Upgrade America. We got CJ Today Slay on the drums. Get a drummer song. What's up, bro? And uh, as a special guest, we're pleased to have James J.T. Trice. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Upgrade America. But um, I'm going to run down your bio real quick, and then, you know, the floor is yours. So um, J.T. is a geo-intel... How how do you say that? Uh, Intelligence uh, analyst, yeah. Cool. And you're also an ambassador for the Department of Defense in uh, North Carolina, Hua. He holds a bachelor's of science yeah. degree in biology and a master's in earth science, concentration, concentrating on geospatial science from North Carolina Central University. JT is a, a life member of the Kappa Alpha Phi. Did I pronounce that right? I, I know. Kappa Psi. Yep. It's, so the, the P is, P is silent. My bad. And he's a um, recipient of numerous awards and citations. The good citations, not the traffic ones. <laughs> Including uh, the Commander's Award for Civilian Service and the Joint Service Commendation Award and the Secretary of Defense Medal for the Global War on Terrorism. Hoorah. Okay. Uh, JT okay. and his wife, Irma, they have a daughter and son. They lived in Germany and in D.C., and um, during this journey, JT was introduced to stocks and investing, and he'll be sharing some of his knowledge on the show today. Glad to have you on, bro. 
Do you want to tell us about your uh, about your background or or your your personal life? You have quite an, an impressive bio. Yeah, I know, man. I'm sitting here like, damn. Okay, okay. Hey, well, well definitely, I uh, great, greatly appreciate it. And first of all, I just want to give thanks to God for just this opportunity to actually just inform individuals about just um, investments. So um, I'm, I'm from a, a small town in North Carolina. It's actually the original capital of Newburn, North Carolina. And um, from there, after graduating from high school, I went off to college. And what I, I was really trying to do is become a, a doctor. Um, so I was actually wanting to go into the medical field. So I was trying to do pre-med, so that was biology major. But what I noticed is that I didn't like hospitals. I didn't like sick people. I didn't like needles. I didn't like none of that. So I had to really just sit down and kind of think like, well, well what do I have a strong passion to do? Well, growing up by on the coast, I just wanted to go fishing, but I also had a business mindset. So I was like, hey, maybe I can do marine biology and business. And so what I did is I completed that marine biology degree. And then I also got a minor in, in business. And then from there, I ended up going to NC State for a while and started doing marine biology. And then my university, North Carolina Central University, called me and they said, hey, what if you go back to North Carolina Central and we give you $60,000 to go to school and we'll pay for your tuition. So a scholarship, and, so a scholarship then. Yeah, 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 uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a uh, North Carolina Lewis Stokes Alliance for Minority Participation. In short, it's LSM. But basically what it was is actually to get minorities to pursue mathematics, engineering, just to be a part of the sciences. And so that's when that journey right. uh, of trading stocks actually happened because here I am um, pursuing a master's degree and had this extra money. Um, so what happened is that I started saying, started researching. I got on the internet and just try to figure out what to invest in. And back then, broker fees were very expensive. So now, what do you mean by what can you define by back then? Because Robin Hood came out and changed that game with the. Yeah. You're talking about like mid 2000s or. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. It I, was, remember, I was paying about seven bucks with TD Ameritrade for one <laughs> trade was in seven dollars out. Yep. But, um, yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, it, indeed. So it happened around like 2006, 2007 okay. with Vanguard. And um, so so Vanguard is really good for mutual funds and things like that. So that's how I got started. So it was like looking at the S&P 500 and that's the top 500 companies in the stock market. Mm -hmm. And what I what I noticed is that, hey, 500 companies in the stock market. Well, there's these different sectors that are moving. So you have the energy sector moving for a while, and then you have the financial sector moving for a while. And these are ETFs, exchange traded funds. And so yeah, like you uh, said exchange yeah. trade funds. Yep, exchange traded funds. Okay. Um, and then from there, within these particular sectors, I noticed that there were individual stocks that were moving. So then, so let's say the energy sector, like Chevron or Exxon, they were moving. So I was like, well, you know what? Instead of doing this mutual fund, is moving one percent, two percent a day and instead of these ETFs they're moving maybe like three, four, five percent in a day. Maybe I can capitalize on these individual stocks they're moving like six, seven, eight, nine percent in a day. And so then being young and also that's when Facebook and all of that was starting to be popular. So yeah. we're in a phase of like that instant gratification. So like yeah. I want I want gratification now, meaning that I want a higher return investing right now. So so then I started looking at options. And options is really just a contract to buy a particular stock. So like at, at that time, Apple was maybe, I, 
let's just say like the, buy 100 shares of Apple, you were to spend like $10,000. Well, with an options, you could buy 100 shares for maybe just $100, $200. And so from there, that's how I kind of really got started. And so- the, the Before you expand on, on that, can you really dumb down like, like I, I get what you're saying, but can you really break that down what an option is? Yeah. yeah. And like, uh, and also how you can get a return on that because, and I, and I asked for for our viewers, but also for myself. For me because too. I, yeah, definitely. I dabble, I dabble in stocks, and I made money in stocks, made money in crypto, but precisely what you just said, yep. that scenario, how you can control that amount of stock for. This is so. This is something I I would really like to, to know a bit more before you you, uh, you move. Yeah, no, no, that, that works. So to be honest with all the listeners and just everybody who's really trying to pursue just investments in trading. Mm -hmm. um, one is that it's only 10% of the population is actually successful with trading. And there are only two types of, there are only two types of traders. Uh, the one that's going to lose a lot of money and the one that's lost a lot of money. And mm -hmm. I, I've done both. And so what, what I can do is actually come from and just be very honest. Uh, I've lost a lot of money. I've gained a lot of money. I'm up 169% right now, just in, in that when I started, just throwing money into it. So what uh, uh, option, uh, option is a contract to buy a stock It's normally used more. So the, the big hedge funds, they will maybe buy Apple and then they'll buy a put. A put is actually betting on the stock to go down. Um, so basically it's an insurance and options have been around for about 40 years, but now they're starting to become very popular. If you're speculating on a particular company, let's say like Tesla, which is at $2,000. Well, you don't want to actually put like $200,000 to buy 100 shares of Tesla. You can just buy an option contract. And then from there, if it goes up, you're going to get not just like 10%, you can get 100%. There's there's all these different Greeks, Delta, uh, Vega, and things like that, that we can talk about later on. But just really to kind of simplify options, it's just a it's a contract to buy. What makes options very hard is that you have to be right not only in the direction of the stock, but also the timing that is going to go up because that contract is either a weekly contract or a monthly contract. So for all the listeners, if you want to try options, go three months out. When I first started, I was buying the weekly contract. So within one week, they had to hit a, a particular strike price. Or and it expires. To that strike price. Yeah, it makes it very, very, very risky. And so then the thing is, you also got to look at the volume that's associated with that stock. You have to look at the news that's associated with that stock. And then you have to do technical analysis, what we can talk about later on. So let, like, um, who's your broker? Yeah, so right now is uh, Interactive Brokers. Um, and then also my bank, and that that is a that is a great question. So right I'm now, like, I like Robinhood yep. primarily because it's like they have a great user interface that you can use from your phone. And quite frankly, like I know, I know you you got probably got charts and graphs for days, but I, I like to do my trading on, on, on the go. But um, I, I I wanted to still on the subject of options, like an example of, of Apple. Yep. Like, and I, maybe I, I want to break it down just to make sure I have a, a good understanding for it. So what's, you said the put option is, it's more or less, I would be betting that it's going down, that the it's going to go down, but within a duration of like, you said three months, how long can they be? Like, can I say, can I put it out for a year? Like, yep. Yeah, 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 you, you can. So 
So if you give an option contract out for over a year or so, it's, it's called it's a, it's a leap, but it's actually an options contract, and that gives you more time. But also, you're you're buying; they're more expensive, so you're buying that that time decay. And so, what happens within an option is that oh, you it, said it's more expensive. Like, yeah. As far as the fees, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. So so what happens is that there's those short. And it's, it's pretty interesting the, the way the market is set up because really the market is really set up for for us, the individual investor, not to be able to really truly capitalize on a lot of the opportunities. Um, so what it is is that you're, you're, you're buying into that time. So you're saying it's kind of like you're, you're betting that, hey, this particular stock is going to go up, yeah, within a year. So because you know it's going to probably go up in a year, we're going to pay, we're going to charge a little bit more rather than like, hey, betting on it being just within a week. And that makes sense because you have more cushion. You have more of a margin of error because you have more time. And so it makes sense. The shorter contracts are going to have less fees. Yep. Um, now, I, I have one more question on options for you is like, now, obviously, the contract's going to have more value the closer it is not necessarily to ex expiration but like to it being more in the money like how soon can i sell a contract can i soon sell it immediately as it's profitable like okay like i can make some money off of this can i sell it then or like must i hold it to a certain amount of time like how can you how can you take profit from that yeah that's a that's a great question and there, there's two different ways you can do it. You can let that option contract expire in the money mm -hmm. and let it expire in the money. You're not paying that broker those those fees and everything else associated with it. The thing is, is that it's, it's smarter to actually sell it right when it spikes because options go up with volatility. So options are actually now increasing in value now because of volatility. That volatility has been increased because of COVID-19 but then also because of Robinhood and all these and all the other traders coming in. And volatility is really like the fluctuation of the stock going up and down, up and down, it's movements. And so it's, it's wise to actually close it and then roll it over into another contract. So let's say you, you take that money and then roll it to another one, and take another one and roll it to another one. Now, what do you mean by roll it? Yep, so you would just, you'll close that position and then maybe you'll buy a higher strike price. So and that, you're saying close the position i got my money yep and you're taking that money and you're getting another contract yep exactly exactly and so there, there's some people that play it where they're buying multiple months out and at multiple strike prices mm -hmm. uh, for doing vertical and this i just go this just a little bit but it's a uh, vertical credit spreads uh, where you're buying a put and a call and so you're trying to balance out that risk there's iron condors there's things like that but just to make it very simple for everyone call is betting on the stock going up a put is betting on the stock going down there there's really just a contract to purchase a particular stock but you don't really own that stock you're betting on a stock going at a particular price and over the price by a set amount of time if, if there's good news and that stock has a lot of volume, then the chances are that it may pass that. But this is the kicker right here. And this is the this is what really got me, is that if you're not right, you lose everything. And that's why if you're not correct, if you're... That is, that, is, that is the kicker. And man, so when I first started, and when I got into options and those weekly options, 
And it was back in 2008 when I started those options. And we know that was kind of like that big recession. There was no coming back for those stocks within the next week. Oh, wow. Took over so, so, yeah. <laughs> I want to say, um, for one, you should uh, actually, I have to throw a disclaimer out there. I'm just a madman on the internet. Don't take any financial advice from me. Like, you know, uh, and you should never invest anything that you don't plan on. Don't invest money that invest money that you can let sit for at least a year be prepared to let it sit for at least a year and i want to say like with stocks there's a bit of uh security with it because you can hold you can buy a stock and it can go down right but at the same time if you sit wait a month wait four months wait a year there's a great potential that it can go back up there is a a particular stock called like ocn they were trading for like four or five bucks and miraculously they 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 crashed and they went back up they're trading at like 20 now but um with the options as you mentioned it's like if you lose in that game it's like you, you lost you can't there's there's no bouncing back but at the same time uh with the whole concept of risk and rewards the greater the risk the greater the rewards so i mean um do you consider would you consider options to be like the highest risk of uh trading uh it's it's, it's definitely up there you kind of got to know what you're doing and you're, you're spot on um it's, it's risk to reward and so how can you actually balance out that risk to reward well don't mm -hmm. throw all what you have in options if you're speculating on a company and you don't want to allocate maybe a lot of funds to that buy an option see what happens it's kind of like a lottery ticket. I mean, you're you're hoping that it goes up, but if it doesn't go, well, you kind of lost your money uh, with it. But it's a it's a great way also if you're really getting into big into stocks and you want to hedge. Um, and with the hedging part is that you can own a stock and then you can buy a put that you're betting on the stock to go down to. So sometimes what I use as a strategy, and it's what the guys on Wall Street do. They will buy stocks and then they may bet they may buy puts, betting on like, hey, if the stock market goes down, I'm covered. If the stock goes up, I'm good. That option is worthless, but it's like insurance. You know I mean, we all pay insurance every month just in case something does happen. So option is just in case something happens when you're trying to more so hedge. So let me ask you that, like in that scenario, do they break even or do they just lose less money? So like, yeah. how, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can you can break even, but what happens is that you have a strike price and then you have the price that you actually paid for. So it has to go past that strike price. And let's say that contract was maybe just uh, one, like one, then it has to go like one point, one tick above that one. And then you're in the money and then you're making money. But then there's all these other different Greeks, the, the delta of how it's even, uh, the volatility is associated with that particular stock. So you can buy an options contract on something that's not volatile. And even though you may be close to the money, you're not gonna get that great of a return. So like Kodak is a prime example. A lot of people were all over Kodak. I mean, that thing went from just a few dollars all the way up to $60 and then went all the way back down. I want to say it's like $780 now. And a lot of money on options, but also the people who lost, they only lost what they put in. Whereas somebody who shorted the stock, they were down 200, 300, 400%. And that's, uh, that's, that becomes bad because then you get something called margin call, you get kicked out of it, you lose all your money and game over. So. Oh, go ahead. Like, yep. No, I was gonna ask like somebody like me, 
that's not really familiar with any of this shit, to be honest. I'm going to just keep it frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And considering what we're going through right now, what would you say to people like starting out investing with limited income or, you know, with debt, everyday shit like bills? Buy Bitcoin. Yeah. 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 Say again? <laughs> Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but I'm saying advice just for somebody getting started. Like, say they they uh, manage to get up, I don't know, $500. Where should they start investing when it comes to stocks and all this stuff like that? Yep. Now, that's a that's a great question. And so for, for anyone who's just kind of really started, first, what they really need to do is kind of like look in the mirror and just say like, hey, what do I have time to do? What do I really want to do? When, when I first started it, it was just kind of in trying to invest and just trying to actually capitalize on these big swings in the market. Now, what I'm using it for is actually learning and actually now I'm actually being successful with it. It's, it's a way of really, to be honest, when I was in college, man, I just want to say like, hey, man, I want to just I want to buy bottles at the club and I want to just be able to just make this money right now. You yeah, know, I want to go somewhere and make some money, you know, what I'm saying get out of it and like, hey, let's go to the club and let's party. That's party, man. But what I notice is that, man, it, you got to be dedicated. It's a lot of hard work uh, yes. for, for the listeners and everybody just trying to start. Robinhood is a good way of doing it. Going to like spotters and mutual funds, um, the SPY, that's the ticker for like the top 500 companies. You're, you're diversified. It's only going to move up like one, two, three percent. But your money is making money. And that at the end of the day, that's the return. You um, yeah. What type of return are you typically getting on the mutual funds and stuff? Yeah, so the mutual funds are a little bit, they're, they're safer. Um, so now the mutual funds are getting, I mean, because of the big dip that we have, they're back up. They did like a 30, 40% swing back up. But on average, the stock market runs at 12%. Um, 12%. And so this, yeah. So, so yeah, 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 which is not bad. And what everybody- you know, like, Isn't the S&P 500, what are they averaging? I thought they were around like, eight to ten percent yeah yeah around that around that yeah exactly but it almost seems like the mutual funds is a better uh, place to park money yeah the s p so that that's a that's a that's a good segue into more so when we talk about 401ks iras okay and, and things like that and so for for the listeners is that one thing about it is that about 85 percent of the population really do not even capitalize on just retirement funds and things like that. Um, so if, if somebody wants to start, open up a Robinhood account, it's free. Uh, just do the SPY or if you have a favorite stock company that you maybe like, maybe mm-hmm. put some money into it, but never think about that it's going to just make you rich. Just kind of yeah. just into it because you have to learn fundamentals and you have to learn technicals uh, about it too. But then when we're talking about just the, these mutual funds, we can make those swings. And yes, uh, Cameron, you're, you're right. About 8%, 12%, it can be down sometimes too, but it's not. It's a minimum. You're not gonna lose everything and you're pretty much safe. And what people do is like, they just roll their check. They just put a percentage of their check, goes into their account and that's how it works. So, okay. yeah. But um, I would say this too, like um, back at your question, CJ, for people who are coming in the game, like one diversify don't put all your eggs into one basket and two invest in what you know so like for me personally got these gloves from amazon get everything from amazon like i love their um their delivery chain i love their supply chain and how their customer service is great i say this to say that 
I'm confident in the way that they're doing business. So I'm not just an Amazon consumer, I'm a shareholder. So I invest in them with faith and, and hopes that, you know, they're gonna, uh, they're, their stock is gonna continue to, to, to thrive. But um, additionally, um, it's diversity. Yep, no, you're, you're definitely spot on. And so okay. that, that S&P 500 gives you that diversification uh among 500 500 stocks but you're right if if you cannot tell a 10 year old what it is then just kind of just stay away from it until you can actually understand what that company's doing because now what what i've been doing is more so a lot of the the penny stocks the volatile stocks stocks that are moving 200 300 percent and and we'll, we'll get into that but then going, going back into more so with uh, the retirement part of it and these uh these mutual funds the 401ks um, and they've been around since like the, the 70s and basically the 401k is when an employer actually matches you and put money into that account. If if your employer can give you money to actually put to that particular retirement account, do it please because I mean that's just free Yo, money. I, I gotta take a moment to shout out some of the OGs at the J job man. Shout out to, uh, to Frank and to Larry. They told me exactly what you said and they gave me this, I, I'm sure everyone told me this in the past and it went in one ear and then out the other. They're just like, listen, it's free money. And it, it, when you really look down on it, it really is. Like for every 220 bucks that I throw into a 401k, it shows like when you go to Fidelity, it shows how much the employer is putting in. And they're putting in about $110 for every 200 that I'm putting that in. And I want to say further, I'm going to throw it back at you, but it's like, wow, you know, we manage our own portfolios and the average person, they may dab, dipple dabble in the stock. These are financial managers that are taking that money that you put in and your employer is matching. So I mean, like up to 8% and then they're managing this professionally. So yeah, I highly implore everyone that like particularly people in your youth and it sucks because you're like man they're gonna take another hundred bucks on my check yo they will by the end of the year like compounding interest eight percent uh, averaging eight percent returns fully exploit your your four uh 401k if you have access to one but please uh continue like this is well let me let me post something real quick okay to jt but we also are in an environment where people don't stay at a job probably on average longer than a year or two. So what do you tell people for retirement investment for that situation? Or if you own a business, how do you set yourself up for retirement? Like mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yep. No, that's a, that's a really good question. So, so outside the 401ks, you have the IRAs, you have the traditional IRA, individual retirement account, and then you have the Roth IRA. Um, and so, and you kind of got to think about this is uh, basically you can pull this money out when you're like 70 and a half. And you have to look at your, your taxes. Do you want to pay taxes now on your retirement account or do you want to pay taxes later? Me personally, I don't really want to mess around with taxes later on when I retire. So I do the Roth RA where everything is coming out right now um, already taxed. Whereas the traditional, they're going to tax you on your, your income that's there. But the beautiful Let me ask you this though. You say you can't pull it out till you're 70, right? Yeah. Unlikely event, you need access to cash. Can you pull from it like you can with a 401k? 
You can, but there's a penalty and you'll pay a, a particular percentage. So you can always get into that money, but mm-hmm. you actually have to pay more to get it. Well, I, I just want to make sure our, our listeners and, and viewers here, like, you know, because it, it sounds like a big commitment when you're throwing chunks of change and you, you may feel like you can't touch it. But in an unlikely event, you need the cash, you got access to it, but with penalties. But please. Uh, yeah, it, exactly. And then uh, make sure you have a will uh, just in case something happens before then that, that actually goes to another family member that you really want to get okay. to. Yeah. But then the, the beautiful part about the RAs is that you can use that more so for alternative investments. Okay. And, so you can buy horses, you can buy gold, you so can buy what? real estate. Yeah. So what Hold I on. think uh, horses and gold. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can. Now you can't do like collectibles, like stamps and stuff like that, or rugs. But what what I did with my RA when I was in school, I started. I was doing a. I was working with a company called Pride America, where we kind of just helping people with like retirement accounts and stuff. Yeah. And, and basically, what I did is that I went into an investment with a few individuals, and we purchased a hotel outside of uh, Washington D.C. So it's a happy. And so what everybody did is that they used their IRA to purchase a hotel. So this is the thing. So even like, if you're not even going to touch that 70 and a half. And so this is how the rich have been doing it, man. This is how they, I've just been trying to figure out what they have been doing and just replicate what they've been doing. But they don't teach us this in school and we don't talk about this in the community. Hey. And this is what everybody needs to know. Yeah. That's, um, it's brilliant. I really like that concept and um, yeah, this is something more little jewels like that because you just said mad light bulbs just went off in my head when you said like, yo, you can take this IRA money and how do you say use it for other investments? Yep. That's yeah, good. you can. You can. So so what happens is that that one is a, a direct IRA. And so you have a company that actually moves that money into more so any other type of investment that you want to do. It's just a little so, bit of paper. Let me to be, be, be clear. It's a, it's a general security. Yep. Now, like, um, I don't want to like sidetrack, but like movies and things of that nature, like they can be built as a secure, I believe they call them a, a security vehicle. Yep. An investment vehicle, so meaning like you can give equity in a movie and like in movie and film productions and, and things of that nature. And as I'm filming a movie, I can assume I got all the paperwork and stuff like that, but I could get funding from IRA. Yep, it, it, exactly. So any type of like private company that you want to invest in, you can roll over your IRA. So you're saving for retirement and you're saying like, hey, you know what? This is a good investment vehicle. All this money that I've been saving for my retirement, I want to move it into this investment here. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and and so that's what a lot of people have been doing. You can put for the RA and those tax benefits and stuff like that, you can put $16,500. It could be 1,700 now in 2020. Um, right now, when you get um, at the age of 50, it's another 6,500 that you can add on extra. But it stays in, it's all retirement, but at the same time, you're using it for another vehicle outside of the market. So you can use the market to get those percentages. Um, and so your money is making money. And then when you find that right opportunity, it's like, hey, I want to really invest in, in this opportunity here. That's what you do. Uh, what I did was it was a, it was a hotel um, that uh, a lot of, we came up together. Forgot how many, it was several million dollars, but it was a lot of people 
coming in as like crowdsourced investment doing it. And now they just their hotels also. So it was it was pretty interesting. So even though we're thinking like 70 and a half pulling out the money uh, without being penalized, you can still invest that money in other opportunities, but you're also saving for your retirement. That's uh again you just mad light bulbs just went off in my head, man. Like when you when you're mentioning that, I'm like it, it really makes sense. Yeah, but, it was yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. So what happened? I was in Germany. Actually I went to Frankfurt. I was in Frankfurt, Germany. And I had a fraternity. Oh nice, nice. <laughs> nice. Actually, uh yeah. One take one more. My, my my son's in Germany. He just sent me a picture. I hope I can get it. Well, you disappear. I'm glitching the matrix over here. Uh, yeah, I definitely saw the tree in the picture. Oh yeah, yeah, that's nice. Wow. I know it's, it's actually a burger. Uh, awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, it popped up. Anyway, <laughs> thanks, uh, Ryan Shots. Very awesome. Man, yeah, man, that's actually that's really good, man. Because actually, I want to say. Uh, there's numerous people, good people from all over there. And what is the, the rap artist that's over there it's from Germany? Uh, his name would come to me, but, but all in all, he, he flew into he flew into um, um, Frankfurt, and we just kind of just talked. And basically, he was just talking about his opportunity. So he went to Cornell University, and it was like, hey man, I got a I got a friend who went to Cornell, and she does she used to do residential real estate, and now she's doing commercial real estate. Okay. And he was like, man, we just purchased a Hilton and she's looking at another property right now to to purchase. And he said, like, are you in? And and it was like, are you interested? So uh started doing some research, contacted her, and now I'm part of I'm I'm with them. I'm actually in, at Cornell University right now too, doing a data analytics certificate. Just because I'm trying to understand data and how everything goes. But so, yeah, okay. it's, 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 Hold on, tell me a little bit about that. Data yeah. analyst, like um I'm a, I'm a bit of an analyst myself, but like, what type of what type of data are you, are you analyzing? Like, are you doing? Are you working with any machine learning? Any, uh, I say, artificial intelligence? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, machine learning, artificial intelligence, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality. No doubt. All, all, all those different things. And and my job in geospatial is all about one location to another location. And actually, what can happen between that location when we're talking about DOD uh, and individuals that are associated with it? So, with, with data analytics for me, is that I can go and tell you that Joe Bagadonis did something, but if I have the data to prove it, that's a totally mm -hmm. story. But the thing is, is that Ooh, you heard that? It's like, because that's yeah. the age that we're entering into where they're saying that data is the new oil. But precisely yep. what you said, having the data to prove it. Yep. Like, let me throw uh, let me throw a question at you, and I, I hate that we can wagon wheel back to, to finances, but you, you brought up a really interesting point. Like, we were talking about artificial intelligences and how ultimately they're going to find their way into government and also the legal system. Yep. So, I suppose this would be a two-pronged question. Would you be more comfortable being judged by a biased human or a, an artificial intelligence with, as you mentioned, having the right data. Yeah, so the the AI can process, I mean, a thousand times better than the regular human. But what's gonna happen is that the human is gonna be there to actually validate what the AI is trying to more so identify. Uh, I definitely see where we're going is in mm -hmm. the right direction. And then that's, I mean, everything is just gonna be cyber. Uh, 
and then it's just going to be robots running away. Um, I can't talk in depth about some of the things, but yeah, one thing I can just say, just think of uh, autonomous and autonomous yeah. on multiple levels. We're talking about autonomous cars. We're probably talking about autonomous things in the sky. The drones, yep. Yeah. Things walking around, running around, things like that. And so, yeah, so <laughs> you're talking about data. We need to actually be able to, to process that, that data and actually get a better better understanding of what what is all coming in. And you're right. Data is more valuable than oil. Data is, is a new goal. Data, all that information is there. There's a reason why Facebook is free. There's a reason why Google is free. There's a reason why all these companies are free because what they're doing is they're selling that data. There's a reason why Robinhood is free. They're selling that data. And so what Robinhood is doing right now also is that they're selling that data to these big hedge funds. And it's like, okay, well, everybody's here at this level. So we know that this is a support level. This is, we know this is a stock that everybody should follow. So, so it's more valuable, but here's the kicker. So when just last week, when I was in that in, in my program, I was studying the, the GDP uh, gross domestic product and just trying to really just try to see like the negative levels that are on Main Street right now. Do they really reflect what's happening on Wall Street right now? Mm. Because it's like there's a disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street. Absolutely. Like 36 million like that don't have a job, but the stock market is making new highs. So, you know, I, was, I wanted to mention that, too, because uh, I've been doing a little digging on that. And they said we had some history. The country is in shambles, highest unemployment rate since like the Great Depression. Yet we've had some of the highest peaks, historic peaks in the stock markets in like the past four months. So from your someone saying that's an artificial bubble that's going to crumble or something like that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? The, the, the stock market is like you said, it's it's it is, it's it's doing its thing. But like the rest of the nation is, is not a reflection of that. Like. Can you break that down for us? Yeah, so it, 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 it's, it's really politics is associated with it too. Um, so you, you, have, you have individuals who are more so the gorillas in the room when we're talking about more so just associated with the stock market. So these people are getting paid off. And I mean, they're, they're, their companies are still making money. But mom and pops is actually, they're, they're losing jobs, but yes, companies are, are making jobs. And so the stock market is really, it looks at the future. So it's not looking at current levels right now, it's more so looking at how things will be in the future. And they're saying that things are going to be a lot better in in the future of, of how of how they are. Um, can, can you hold on one second real quick? My, my daughter is, yeah, yeah. is but just hold, hold on one second real quick. Yeah, you good. Well, yo, that's pretty interesting. Like I said, I noticed like stock market ain't, uh, it's been hitting some highs, but at the same time, I'm like, what's that about? Well, I mean, we've already kind of speculated on all this anyway. Like this, this is what we do. So it's like, yeah, I really think it's strange. We mentioned about during raising the price of minimum wage, how that hurts small businesses. And then it was almost like an assault on uh, small businesses from from that way, because, you know, like, OK, sure, Walmart can handle that type of change. But like, you know, moms and pop stores, it, it kind of hurts them more, but they've really taken the, the, the brutal end of it during the coronavirus. But um, yep. yeah, that's, that's pretty wild, man. 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, there's a there's a huge disconnect right now with with the market and Wall Street. It looks like it, but but what I found out is that the GDP is not significant. And so this goes back to the whole data analytics and everything. At the 95 percent. What do you mean not significant? Like it's not a. It's is is it not like a general like idea of how the country's doing or? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So so a lot of times when we when we look at when we look at data. And, and at first glance, we're like, you know what? There's something wrong here. There's something bad. Uh, but but what we can do is actually do a do a test, uh, a confidence level test. And you either do it at 68%, 95%, or 99%. 99% would be like 1%. Um, but I did it at 95% at the GDP at where we are. And it's it's not significant to the point for the for the stock market to actually kind of crash. Um, if you look at the GDP back in 2008 and things like that, those were huge, huge, huge impacts. What the the difference between 2008 and now is that back in 2008, those were like a lot of jobs lost. I mean, and we're going through bankruptcies and things like that. But those companies that went bankrupt, they still may come back. Uh, but um, but back in 2008, I mean, it was a true recession. The housing market was down. You had all of these other all these other companies that were just losing. And Obama came in and he more so built out all these big companies. Uh, the, the, the population has some type of way of like that, but that's something that needed, that needed to be done. Now what's happening is that the Fed, they're pushing money into stocks. They're driving the interest rate down on real estate. Mm -hmm. These companies are coming and these companies will come back and then, hey, we're going to have a vaccine and probably sometime early next year. So everything looks like it's still going up. But the thing is also is that people are just now getting to the point where it's like, you know what? The coronavirus is like the flu. We're just going to live with it. And to be honest, and I hate to say this because I've lost people and a lot of people I know have lost people. but. The the people and they, they say it's associated more so maybe with diabetes and things like that and it's starting to be prevalent within the african-american community but it seems like now the stronger the strong ones are here and they can kind of survive through what's going on with this pandemic until everything can kind of go forth with it but the fed they're just pumping money into the market so it's just going up is there a bubble i i think so i mean just that the, the v-shape that, that the stock market is gone and the struggles that are still going on now but anytime you got unemployment with an extra $600 a week check, anytime you have all these other companies being able to actually still access this money and loans to give out to these other companies. Uh, so even though people have lost jobs, there still, were, there still was a way of people to actually make an extra money. And some people actually made more money unemployed than they did actually been employed. Yeah. It will be interesting when we go out. I mean, and that's what happened with Robinhood. I mean, you had that stimulus check that came in and people got received that stimulus check and they went right to the markets. And so that's- Interesting, how, we're, uh, how did that work out for, I'm, I'm curious for at that time, because you know, my biggest concern is stimulus checks is inflation. And uh, for our, our viewers out there, our listeners, you know, best way to define inflation is like, if right now the price of a Lamborghini, let's call it like 150,000. And not everyone can get a lamp, not a lamp, referring to a Ferrari, right? but if everyone was a millionaire, the price of Lamborghinis would go up to like, let's call it 10 million, you know, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're throwing out money and, and the, the value of cash is it's declining. And now it's like, we see a lot of people complaining online, how other nations are giving out 
let's just say $1,400 a month to their citizens. One, they have far less citizens than America does. And two, they sure seem to have not taken any, any classes on economics or understand the concept of inflation. And um, that's, that's just my concern right now. And it's why I would more rather have assets and not just stock market and crypto, but like physical gold. Like, I don't know about you, but I, I, I kind of have the feeling that we are on the verge of a currency reset, meaning like paper money is worth nil. And then whatever's in your bank account gets converted to some sort of new currency. Now there was some mention of the feds looking into uh, a crypto dollar some sort of digital dollar. China has transitioned to a, a cryptocurrency. And you know, like just going out, I'm getting that feel when businesses are not accepting cash. I've had that for the experience that for the first time and it was an eerie feeling like this little piece of paper in my pocket is now reduced to a worthless piece of paper. And I had to use my credit card, but like, just, what are your thoughts on, on that, man? Like digital currencies and and, and crypto, man. Like, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so crypto is mainly just the, the art of just writing code, and 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 basically, like, crypto is starting. I mean, people were using crypto uh, in in the early two thousands more so to buy music online and and actually a lot of like rap artists and things like that they were actually paid in, in bitcoin and they, they made out like fat cats uh, and crypto was uh very very cheap uh, but but basically what it is is a decentralized way of, of money and so when i say de decentralized so right now we have the, the dollar which is actually is the united yeah. states government governs the, the dollar or you may have like the yen or you may have the euro where the the EU governs that that currency. Mm -hmm. Let's say I travel over to Europe, you know what I'm saying? Let's say we go to Frankfurt or somewhere in Germany, well, we're gonna have to exchange our dollars to Euro. With that being said, is that the dollar is not the value of the Euro. So we're gonna lose money once we do that exchange. Mm -hmm. um, so with that decentralized way of doing it is that there's one currency for everyone. Um, so, but the thing is, is what with crypto is, is that sometimes they're very volatile. So back in 2007, it went from like 600 to like $20,000. Yeah, 19 racks were like overnight. That was crazy. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was crazy, man. So what happened is that a lot of those guys who were actually trading the Bitcoin, they moved to Puerto Rico where they didn't have to pay taxes on all the money that generated. Yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. Now, uh, Bitcoin is at like 11,600. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like half of what it used yeah, to be. with 12,000 now, yeah. man. But what, speaking of volatility, what drives that in the crypto market and also in the stock market? Like what makes these things go up and down? Yeah. So. So now it's kind of like back to uh, economics is uh, supply and demand. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about more so and cryptos or stocks, it's really the price that somebody is willing to pay for that particular instrument. Got it. Just to stay on just okay. just to stay on that that crypto uh, side of the, the house is that there there are many different types of cryptos that you can purchase, mm -hmm. but it depends on somebody else buying it and think it's valuable. Uh, Bitcoin is more so was that currency that everybody was thinking about. Like that's the purchase of house, the purchase of car. Those are those big investments. I did Litecoin. Litecoin was supposed to be for your everyday expenses and things like that. 
in this article that was supposed to take away of uh, uh, Western Union. And there's all these other different types of cryptos, but they actually run on something called blockchain. And yeah. blockchain is really just a very, very long code of actually tracking the transactions that are happening. But the thing is, is that because there's no sheriff in town, there's no there's no government overseeing it, you can actually, you can funnel money any type of way uh, for it. So like the North Koreans have, have used it, uh, people more so in the smuggling business and stuff like that have used it. And that's the reason why the American government has frowned upon it. But at the same time, a lot of companies see it. And because you have a decentralized way, you actually have a way of saying like, hey, I have a Bitcoin, this person's on this other side of the world has Bitcoin, let's just exchange that money. And so there's a transaction with it. And so there's and a- Immediately settled. Like it's not, uh, my understanding, one of the biggest problems that banks deal with is like, okay, I want to send CJ a dollar. And then boom, I send him a dollar. But sometimes the bank will still have that dollar and CJ will still have that dollar. And for obvious reasons, that's not a good thing. Yeah. So crypto eliminates that issue. And, and it's no, oh, you'll have your money in two to five business days. No, it's just like that. And, and you got your cash. So like crypto is the future. I love it, man. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's there's definitely going to be a need for a decentralized way and crypto is here to stay. It's just going to be which coin and a coin is really just a code, but which oh. which uh, yeah, which which code is going you to actually we'll have many like how it is now. And then specifically, like you said, because another thing, too, while they all operate on the blockchain, they have different technologies on the block, like Ethereum it has its own type of blockchain tech and they're doing a lot of smart contracts with yep. Ethereum. My understanding, the Litecoin had something that made the transactions just a little bit faster than Bitcoin. But now there are econ uh, economists and financial guys who do not view crypto as investments. And to some extent, while I've gotten over a hundred in five percent returns on on them. I don't view them as investments either. How do you view crypto? Uh, so if you believe in the technology, it, it could be. <clears throat> the reason why a lot of the financial advisors and them did not recommend it because they're not able to really kind of trade it. And what was really interesting back in 2017 is that that's when they came up with like a futures contract so they could actually bet on it going down when they hit the, the 20,000. Um, but they, because they don't fully understand it and because the American government doesn't approve it. And so that's, that's that conspiracy thing, man. It's kind of like, you know, the, the government doesn't do it. So we're going to tell these banks not to do it and nobody else is really, really going to do it. But everybody in Asia and all these other parts of the world are actually getting after um, cryptos and things like that. So it's just a just a matter of time. I, I personally think it is, if you believe in blockchain technology, if you believe in a particular- Oh, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. Yeah, and, and same here, and same here. And so for your listeners, if they do want to get started with like Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, uh, Ripple, or any of these uh, kind of like more so well-known here for the longevity mm -hmm. uh, has has actually has been tested and actually survived. Coinbase is a is a great place to kind of start. And that's just coin and base. And then from there, you can kind of start and you can dabble into a Bitcoin. So even though a Bitcoin may be like 11,000, you could just put in like a few dollars and buy pieces of that Bitcoin. You can then on Robinhood, I got to throw a disclaimer out on, on there. But like, 
For one, on Robinhood, you don't have the literal coin. You have the... You have control of the coin, but you don't actually own the, the crypto on Robinhood. But you can buy as little as like a dime. You can put in a dime and you can turn a dime into like 12 cents. And you know, as above, so below. But you don't have to invest tens of thousands of dollars. You can buy pieces of it and it will, you know, you can snowball it over time. But I do want to emphasize like Coinbase is where you have it. The literal coin, you can take it and you can take it off of the exchange. But um, yeah. No, you're exactly right. And so that goes into more so the wallet where you kind of protect that currency behind another code. Mm -hmm. And then from there you have this wallet with all your different coins. And they're not physical coins. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a term that they use, um, but it's- You can turn them into like, there are paper uh, wallets where you actually print a little, um, it's a barcode. Oh, yep. And then like, you could literally have that. And then if you wanted to cash it in, someone would scan it. The barcode would have value, whether it's $10, $100, 1 million, you know, you would still be on this little thing. And then you could change that for whatever currency you wanted around the world or another form of cryptocurrency. Yep. But I have one more crypto. I have one more crypto question. So it's something that I want to make in the future. But I think that do you think that energy like power and, and crypto will one time will eventually become synonymous like people will be paying for things and energy because essentially that's like that's what's powering crypto that's the back line you have the blockchain but at the same time you need power to yep. generate these cryptocurrencies and sustain them so essentially it's like energy is going to become a form of currency what do you think about that yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so you're right. Anytime Bitcoin goes up, DPW, which is uh, an energy company, they go up. They're associated with actually creating mm -hmm. different coins, and so that rolls back into the to the stock market. And so, okay. I actually have friends who actually used to generate the, the codes. And basically, what, what it is is that the the exchange is more so going out, running to another computer, and just trying to generate the code and go back. And because it's decentralized, that means that anyone can kind of go forth and start up their own base and start mining for for uh, for these cryptos or coins. And so once you start mining, it takes a lot of energy to do that that computer process. And so you as it as it goes forth, yeah, you can actually yeah the, the energy and the cryptos. There's a strong correlation between the two. Because in theory, if you could generate energy, you could generate infinite amount of uh, of Bitcoin or, or or what type whatever type of um, cryptocurrency that's out there but that's how i foresee it in, in the future and i don't know and they call it rock coin <laughs> throwing that out there yeah yeah i mean you could definitely make a coin and i mean what's really interesting about a blockchain technology like let's say like you're you're vegan and you really want to actually track your your plate or and so from the farm you'll have like documentation of what happened to processing that food over to the chef's plate and then from there you can kind of look at the whole entire story the oh, whole yeah i was getting ready to say the whole sequence of events and it's like i emphasize with the blockchain it's like you can't really tamper with it you can't tamper with previous events so you have that continuity and that's why um while a lot of governments are not like 
they may not be so emphatic about the cryptocurrencies, the blockchain technology has endless uh, applications to it. It's very exciting stuff. Well, yeah, it, exactly. And then also, I mean, if you have your currency, I mean, how can you give like sanctions in another country? Like, how can you more so control your your currency that that you have? You lose control of all money, and so. For, for that's that. a bad thing for governments. I, I can yeah. see because it's decentralized. Yep. How how is like so? How's that? How do you think that's going to affect sanctions? Yeah, and that's that's something I have to research on um, a little bit with that. But I, I definitely know more so is like, and, and I can only can talk a little bit just about about the topic um, regarding like sanctions and everything, um, just because of my um, just. Just we, got, answer, answer, we know. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I'm. I'm holding my tongue for a lot of questions. I want to ask you about satellites and stuff. Yeah. Just, yeah. just out of respect for your security clearance, man. I like that. No, that's really fascinating stuff. Yeah. Well, what what fun facts can you give us about like uh, satellites or space or a little bit of, you know, not too much about uh, you know, your your. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the, so so satellites, drones, all that. I mean, that's that's the future. I mean, soon Amazon is going to deliver products, your groceries, everything via drone. Uh, more so on the on the battlefield with soldiers, you're going to have drones that are just out there. Um, and these are anywhere from the mini drones to more so just the larger drones. And I have a buddy who's down in Texas right now working with oil companies. I mean, he, he uses it to actually identify locations of where maybe they should drill. Um, I have another buddy who's actually using it for agriculture and you can actually use it. You use something called remote sensing. And remote sensing is getting information about the earth, about touching the earth. So basically you have a, you have a air Lasers or something? Say what? Like lasers or something like how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can use different lasers, uh, LIDAR and things like that. Those are identified more so the, the elevation, what's going on. Or you have in the electromagnetic spectrum. So you have like visible light, mm -hmm. light, stuff like that. Uh, what what happens is that with the with the infrared, you can look at the health of vegetation. If you change that sensor around a little bit, you can identify other different types of activities going on too. And you can do do that on something called a temporal analysis, which means is that that's on a time-based scale. So what does something look like last year compared to now? And maybe we need to get after this problem that that's going on like right here. And so you're saying this is being observed from space? Well, it could be observed from space. It could be actually looked at from just somebody taking a drone out and just mm -hmm. a drone over. So when, when we're talking about just the future, the thing is, man, there's so much junk up there in the space and nobody really sees it. There's a few apps you can kind of download and you can see all the satellites going on around the world and things like that. Even even your GPS, like if you want to know your location in Google Maps, I mean, you got to do something called a triangulation. So it's actually identifying all these three points and then in that middle, you're probably there. And so that's what the GPS, it kind of started off with the military and then from there it went forward. Yeah, I heard that the Air Force um, CJ and I are our fellow airmen, security forces. Like I heard that they um, they own that technology, like the GPS technology, into like the 2000s. It wasn't like till after that that China came out with the alternate one, and there was something else as well. Is that correct? Yeah. 
Uh, it's something I probably have to research about. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me, like, you know, uh, air power, space power. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, 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 satellites and all that stuff is so fascinating. It's, it's pretty fascinating, man. Now, yeah. you, now you're exactly right. And so then, like, to go back to what we were, what we were talking about with more so what makes stocks move and mm-hmm. talking about the, the cryptos. So th- those those are kind of things that we kind of talked about to make the cryptos move, like that supply, demand, the power that's generated behind it, and actually where they're going to go in the future, and just how how more so people kind of get in after those cryptos. But for the stocks, it's something called float, and more so it's a, that's how many shares there are available for a stock. So you may have a, a large cap stock, which is like Apple, and that stock right there may end up having more so. 100 million shares, whereas you have these penny stocks, they only have maybe like 10 million shares. So for every 10 million, it jumps up 100%. And then for every 10 million, it jumps up 100%. And then from there, that's how we get in these stocks that are running 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600% in a day. And it's going to float and supply and demand, and then also that volume that's associated with it. Let me ask you this, and uh, like with penny stocks, my experience with them, like, yeah, you can make some money with them, but I found... I don't want to say dumping them, but liquidating them. Sometimes you can't always do that. Like, yep. so, so, like, hey, I made some money, and it's like, let me sell the stock, and then you can't. Yeah. So, so the the the, the penny stocks, the micro cap stocks, uh, those float <laughs> stocks, they're actually like pumping dumps. Like in reality, what happened? What used to happen used to be these newsletters that would come out. And they'll say like, buy stock XYZ, they're going to actually be the new next technology and things like that. So everybody would jump in and buy the stock. No, but the company was behind the stock and they had a promoter sending out those flyers for everybody to buy that stock. And when the stock got to a certain level, they would just dump it and then it would just crash and go down. So really stocks are a way to generate money for a company. Um, and so if, if you think about it, and this kind of goes back to the IRAs, buying, if they take your IRA, go into a private company, make a movie. Purchase of a stock of a company that you think has a great technology or something that may be used in the in the future and this they may generate more revenue. But what happens with the penny stock world and it's very prevalent, either they're gonna they're either gonna pump it up and then they dump it, mm-hmm. or what's gonna happen more so is that they're gonna do an offering. And the offering is when the company says, like, hey, we own this amount of shares of this stock, we're gonna sell it right now, and then the stock just goes down. And so when you're first entering these penny stocks, man, it becomes very volatile. It becomes a part. It is very challenging at times. You can, but you cannot use that Rip Van Winkle effect, the Warren Buffett effect. Mm-hmm. A Warren Buffett buy purchase a stock and it's a long-term investment. He may stay in it for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Penny stocks, you may hold it for thirty seconds. You may mm-hmm. hold it for thirty minutes. Damn. You shouldn't hold it longer than a few days because it's just the way these move. It's yes. best in and out, in and out, in and out. So how these guys are making these millions of dollars on on social media with stock trading is that they're they're getting like five hundred, a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. They're in and out, in and out, in and out. Because if you're not in and out, what's going to happen is that you can get stuck in this yeah. one, and you're going to lose everything that you have. And actually, yeah, that's and that's that's the hard part. And it's. It's the psychological part with trading, which is very hard. You can invest money and say like, hey, I'm leaving this company. I'm going to look at it for like five, six years from now. But once you start getting into like that micro trading, that guerrilla trading, that day trading, that's when it becomes very challenging because you're saying like, hey, I'm smart. 
I, I gotta be right. I know I'm right about this. But it's, it's hard not to put it all on one bet. I know yeah, it's current. Also, I, I, there's a very great book, and I'm slipping to not have it on the tip of my tongue. But the author was saying, like, you shouldn't be trading. Your your trade should be like 2% of, your, uh, of the money that you have to trade with. Meaning, so, like, there, that's plenty of time for you to mess up. Like, because if you're saying, like, oh, if you're trading 50%, yo, you only got two bets. But if you're trading 2%, you shouldn't think that, yo, you're going to make all your money on one trade. It should be coming in, trickling in, like, okay, this little 2% is, is bringing in a return. It's bringing in a return. And it's a, it takes some discipline, you know, to get into that mindset, you know, to do that. But um, to, to our, our viewers and listeners out there, one thing I would encourage you to, again, Robinhood is a great platform to learn on and, and to play with. But play around with crypto and try to make 10 cents off of uh you know off of one dollar you know it, it can be done and then scale from there and get into that habit of just like yo i just made 10 i just made even it or, or i'll tell you what try to make one penny off the market get it get it get it get a penny from from nowhere from from the internet land you know what i'm saying and then scale from there be like okay it took me a dollar 25 to make one cent scale accordingly but you know practice on a lower level and then just just scale gradually but don't think you're gonna go all in like you know bitcoin could drop to six thousand right now from 11. don't go all in because it could very well drop from six thousand to two thousand and then you would have lost opportunity and you know take you a while uh, to get your money back but so again I, i'm not no financial me? guy but i'll go ahead cj no i just want to kind of I'm, I'm listening to what you guys are saying. I'm synthesizing and I'm thinking. So basically, 21st century, people should be setting up a Roth IRA. They should try to have the best credit they can have, right? Oh, yeah. Um, definitely have like the least amount of debt as possible. That's what I'm getting. Um, and then what about real estate? Well, I'm real estate is an interesting area as far as I'm saying like personal real estate like your first house or townhouse like what do you suggest because you also got like um, unique types of real estate like tiny homes people mm -hmm. are RVing, vans uh, shipping container homes domes like what do you tell people maybe getting their first house or what they should look into as far as home ownership because if I'm hearing you guys correctly with the IRA, you can use it to invest in stuff. I know people use their home equity to invest in things as well. That's what the connections I was making. Let me, yeah, I can go with it. Um, uh, please. With, with, with real estate is, well, I guess uh, we were talking about IRAs and then uh, more so just uh, credit too. And then we would go into the real estate. Um, so, so with the RAs, yes, definitely. Um, you you got to start saving for the future, and so that that's definitely imperative. One thing, also, I mean, you're spot on, CJ, is that if you do not pay off your debt, then there's no need to invest. 
So I try to make a 8% return if I'm paying 25% in the credit card. So no matter what, you're still losing money. And so once you pay off that percentage, then start going into investments. Um, and that's why it's also kind of challenging to actually maybe try to use a credit card to actually trade because no matter what, you have to offset that price that you're actually using or, or that interest that's on it. And so now when we're talking about interest and we're talking about real estate, Right now, I mean, the interest rates are almost less than 3%. I mean, there's no better time for fan right now to actually invest in real estate. But this is the thing to actually kind of remember. Okay. If you're not going to be in that location for a very long time, if that place is not actually, the property is not going up, then it may not be a good investment. You may want to rent. And then you may want to get a home-based business and actually have those tax breaks. But one good thing about real estate is that you can have tax breaks. So you can write off that interest on your taxes and that's more so making money. Saving money is also making money. But so when we also think about real estate, and this is just being very honest, is that it can be very expensive. You may need a new roof in two years. You may need a new HVAC in a few years. Um, so it kind of all depends on where you are in life. It all depends on what you're trying to do. And it all depends on if you're in a location where that value of that property is going to go up. Because just owning a home doesn't mean that you're actually making money. You can actually be spending more money with more so all your utilities, the lawn care, I mean, just the insurance, I mean, just the escrow. adds up the maintenance and whatnot. Yeah. Let me ask you this though, are there any short-term real estate investments? Like, is it a thing to like buy a house for like a month and then like flip it and, and make money or something? Like, did, are there short-term real estate? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so there are. And you can do that, there, there are REITs, R-E-I-T-S. And uh, basically you can actually buy like these home builders and if you believe in the real estate market you can actually go and just purchase that one thing that is actually a lot of people well not a lot of people but something that's not really talked about is tax liens tax deeds i was just about to ask you about yeah. tax deeds yeah tax liens tax deeds so basically what happens is that people like uh you don't end up paying on your property so you know losing your property to the government and then from there they're trying to just make money from that property same thing with foreclosures when the banks actually go for and actually take the property and they make money back on the loan you can purchase it so those are techniques if, if you're just really trying to get into investment side of real estate mm -hmm. tax liens taxes foreclosures startup homes things like that something that you can build up to nothing that you're going to put a massive amount of money into something that you're going to have a low interest rate something that's going to have low monthly payments because at the same time you got to think about like hey i have this payment right here for this home how much is somebody is going to rent this home for and we're just going to offset that and then also make sure that the foundation is set on the house is right make sure that the roof is good for at least the next 10 15 years yeah. make sure the hvac system is pretty good and then make sure it's kind of really up to date and that's actually looking at the piping that's actually looking at all the wiring and that's now more so you get it up professionally appraised like yeah, yeah. Do they, is appraisers do they do all these things or do you gotta get separate guys to do this well yeah you can get separate individuals or a company really knows people they can go forth and actually make the accurate assessment or you actually have an independent contract you get really good with somebody who's really good at renovating and let alone i mean the real estate agent and stuff like that they're going to do their own thing but get someone else who actually can look at that property inside and out and give you their honest opinion. Um, I was looking at a house in my neighborhood, in, in my hometown, and I, I wanted to purchase it. I mean, it was extremely cheap. Come to find out, they needed a new HVAC. They needed a new a roof. And the foundation- like, was, uh, The HVAC alone is probably like 10, 10 grand. 
And then yep. uh, I'm not too sure how much a roof will set you back. Yep. I mean, like I haven't, I have a, you know, as military veteran, I'm entitled to the, you know, the VA home loan yep. and I've been sitting on it. One, because it's like, I want to get more knowledge on the whole real estate so I can use it the best, yep. you know, I can leverage it the, the, the best way. And, um, I, I think real estate is a home ownership. That's a very big first uh first most of us like yeah i've been taking that i've taken that a bit slowly but what about you cj what are your what are your plans as far as um you know homes i know we, we've discussed different uh variations of um you know like dome homes and uh, and, and other things like that yeah i know for me i'm the same way i'm taking it slow because like he mentioned i'm trying to like eliminate all my debt you know, try to get that savings up, like all this stuff before I even go down that road. Even if the interest rates and all that is cool, like I'm waiting on that because as being around my grandparents in South Carolina, you mentioned HVAC and I almost bust out laughing because in the South, like AC is like life. You don't have AC, nah, it's not happening. So I live in Florida, so like, for instance, in my apartment, this AC guard, that's considered an emergency. So they're gonna come fix that. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they don't, we don't play, cause it's hot. Um, that's actually a health, public safety health issue. So um, I was looking into more unique, like my first house, I want kind of just be able to move right on in. And then say the second house, I want to build to what I want. And I want to get a little more creative with like shipping containers and domes and stuff like that. Cause I like those type of techniques. I kind of want to get away from traditional uh, homes on that front for me future. And I know I'm staying here in Florida. Cause I know you mentioned like, don't buy if you're not really going to stay per se. I know I'm staying here. So like, um, and as far as the value, I know you mentioned value of where you live and everything. Like the county I live in is pretty, it's going up for the most part, Orlando is definitely booming. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty much like you, Cam, just waiting. Let me, let me ask you this, JT. Now with the Roth IRAs and things, can that be invested into land? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's definitely an investment. So you can use that too. So I could invest it in, cause it's kind of like weird. It's like almost like a, I could invest it into land and then build a home, then put put an asset on top of it, another asset. That's, that's something to consider. Because yep. I mean, you, you, I'm, I'm really glad we have this discussion because that's one of the biggest takeaways from for me is like that these investments can be used to make <laughs> invest into other investments or other assets rather. And that's that's pretty remarkable. I'm gonna let those gears turn while I, I think about that. But I guess. Um, Another question What type of advice would you give to a young, ambitious person who, I don't know, say they want to turn 1000 to a million dollars on the market, crypto or stock? Yeah. What advice would you give them? First, it's going to be tough. And this is just keeping it real. And it's not going to be tough. I mean, all, all of it is feasible. I mean, the sky's the limit. You become a billionaire. But the thing is, is that you have to be disciplined. Just like, just like what you said, Cam, and just like what you said, CJ. I mean, you're gonna have to put the work in. You're gonna have to learn what moves the market. You're gonna have to learn 
everybody trains stocks a different way. Mm -hmm. And you can listen to all the different gurus on YouTube. You can listen to all the gurus on just who have their own, like, uh, more so educational videos and things like that. But what's going to happen is that you're going to have to look inside of yourself and say, like, hey, this works for me. And that's, that's the one thing that I had to identify. I was trying to trade like everyone else, but I said like, hey, with my schedule and the way I like to kind of research stocks, I have to actually more so try to screen stocks. And I can maybe day trade when, when needed. If you have a lot of time, you can sit in front of the computer and you can actually trade um, throughout the day, then the, the, um, the, uh, the penny stocks, would be the quickest way to get there. If, if, if we're talking about more so, we're gonna we're gonna go down this like on autobahn, and we're going like a thousand miles per hour right now, and we're gonna get after this million dollar aim in within one year. Um, the, the best way to probably the best way to do it would be options, and then the other best way would be some of the penny stocks. Both high risk, man. Be, high high risk, high volatile, but hey, you, that's that's what it is. Can you uh, do options on penny stocks? So. And that's a great question. So some you can, some you cannot. You just have okay. to go on Yahoo Finance and try to see which ones have options that are available. But then there, and but the strike price are not more so sometimes at the right place. Okay. The prevalent in the, the larger cap stocks like the Tesla. Yeah, I was just thinking kill two birds with one stone. You know, like yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Money from penny stocks, or make money with penny stocks and options combined. So, well, yeah, these, like I said, this is fascinating tools because it's like the market is always going to be there. Yep. Like, I mean, assuming like civilization doesn't like come to an end, but like the market will always be there and it will always have opportunities for, you know, for people to pull a little money from it. And it's a skill, you know, like, again, it's like it may sound short. You can find pennies while you're walking on the ground, but you don't always do that. But if you can find a way to continuously pull streams of, of revenue, even if you're like you're know, playing around with with a hundred bucks, making ten bucks every now and then, playing around with a grand, making a hundred bucks every now and then, a little ten percent here and there, it's a great skill and habit to to practice. Is just learning how to make money work for you. Because it's one thing to put, uh, you know, break your spine and, and do back breaking labor and stuff like that, but it's ultimately you want your money to be doing all the heavy lifting. And, you know, like growing these skills and, and this knowledge is very critical. And, and I'm glad you, I'm really grateful you, you took the time, you know, to, to put us on this stuff. It's really great. But see there, you got any more questions as far as financial? Because we got some, uh, as I mentioned, we got some other topics. Yeah, I, it depends on how much time JT has. You know, you got family and stuff, so. No, my only you're welcome to stay on for our, our other conversations. I'm just letting you know we do dabble into like the political side. Yeah, it, it gets a little rowdy the next half. So, oh, <laughs> let's, let's let, we can give it. We can give it until one thirty because I do have. To, I have to jump onto another call. Okay. Uh, okay. With, with with a whole other thing that that I'm working on, and I, I'll talk to y'all about that later on. But it's a. Uh, it's another thing that it's a home-based business that my wife and I are actually doing, and okay. we're actually on a call with this one guy, man. He's making like a hundred. He's making a hundred thousand dollars a month uh, doing it, and so we, we we can wrap up about that uh, on another time. I can talk about me. kind of got me curious on this hundred thousand. Uh, <laughs> what? Like, what does this entail? Like, is it? Um... So, so, so basically, it's, it's more so in, in network. It's actually network marketing and things like that. Um, okay. type of stuff. Yeah, so it's actually building a network. And then we've actually 
just having like these mentor sessions with like leaders in that in that organization. So I definitely be willing, definitely want to talk to y'all about that opportunity. But I do want to leave your, your audience with uh, a several different things. Is that if they really want to get into investments, mm -hmm. start, start start slow. Like the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. But definitely do your research. Um, start up a, a paper account. That's either with Robinhood or just a broker. Once you really want to get some money into it, uh, go to your bank and try to see if the bank has a broker. That may be the easiest way into it. And just just more so allocate just a part of your paycheck or a part of just some payments over into that. And just start with a mutual fund. And once you get a hang of that mutual fund, then maybe branch off into individual stocks. And then from there, if you really want to trade stocks, and just, this is just one caveat, um, it's just that trading stocks is the psychological part of it is very challenging. It's, it is. You could be right in the stock market to go down, and then you have predators in the stock market where they were actually just buy puts, they were short a stock. Just because one company doesn't like another company and this broker will go in and they'll push the stock down. And what they'll do is they'll push it down to a point where you cannot take it anymore, you'll sell and then they'll push it back up. Mm -hmm. And either they're pushing it down so they can get at it in it at a lower level, or they're just trying or really they're just trying to flush everyone out and then they'll take it back up. You can do things called a stop loss where where basically you can minimize your risk. So you're saying like, hey, stop XYZ. If it goes, I'm gonna buy it at one dollar. And if it goes to 75 cents, just sell it. Or stop XYZ, it's at one dollar and it goes to two dollars. I'm gonna make hundred percent and just sell it right there. And so now you're making money without you being there. It's almost that's art, that's like machine learning, oh, that's artificial intelligence. Like you know, limit yeah. orders, and I, I made a um, actually made a bot for that for Robinhood to, to buy and sell crypto, and that's pretty much what it was doing. It was placing limit orders, like, hey, when it drops this here, sell it, and then when it, you know, when it hits this price, you know, it go it'll do that back and forth. But um, yeah, the the, the sky's the, the the limit with that. And, and definitely, and your listeners, if, they, if somebody really wants to get into just trading, not just more so just putting money into a mutual fund support and resistance those are really the big things that's that's the key to any technical analysis so support is mainly like a stock is just going to bounce off of this level every time it bounces off this level it goes back up and so people just buy at this level and it goes back up you'll see the volume on the stock just go up to many people just buying at that level and okay. resistance is like it, it just stops at this one level so it, it's going it's bouncing up and down in this level right here and they're, they're just so selling. resistance is like the roof it's like the cap that it's like it's not going for instance, Bitcoin is really not pushing past 12,000. Uh, 12, That's like the resistance. Yep, it, exactly. That's the resistance. And then, yep. And so, but if it, once it passes, that's what we call a breakout. And mm -hmm. if a stock breaks out, maybe if it's like a multi-year breakout, meaning like, hey, it hasn't passed this level in years, that's significant. If it's like a weekly breakout, well, that's okay. But then you look at the volume and that's a lot of volume and it's breaking out, the sky's the limit. And so that's when we go into like the penny stocks, those stocks that move 100, 200, 300%. They're breaking out with volume or multi-year um, highs. Uh, and so you look at Zoom, that's kind of like what happened Tesla. Uh, a lot of these uh, big companies are just broken out and just took off and they took off with volume. And that's how you do it, but you use that support and resistance. And I'm willing to come back on if we wanted to actually just go over technical analysis. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Like ways you can, you actually can do these triangles, and you can actually identify like where exactly. I, I can't draw it right here. I need to actually just have a 
top of the screen, but yeah, there's a there's a triangle, and if it's in this particular area, it's consolidated, and that that, that consolidation, you even know, just gonna go up or down, and whichever way it goes, that's the way you go. You'll buy a you'll buy a put if it was options, or you're mm -hmm. short, you're a stock, or you'll buy a call, or you'll go long, um, and that's options or stocks, uh, respectively. And that same pattern works with cryptos. The same pattern works with trading like a real estate type stock. Same pattern goes for micros, uh, a small cap, large caps. The patterns are the same. It's just the instrument that's there, and it's just a different strategy with some regarding the percentage of how things go. And then you do the data analytics behind it, and you're saying like, hey, well, this one normally goes up 30%, so I sell it there. And then that's when we get into Fibonacci's, we can get to, uh, yeah. And uh, what is it, the max D line or something like? Because I was trying to, you mentioned these terms, and because I was doing a bit of uh, analytics myself, trying to make intelligent decisions to feed into my robot, to the algorithm. So I was looking at the Fibonacci's. I think, is it the max D? I know that applies to both stocks and the crypto. But these are all these. Uh, how do you say? Yeah, I've, I've been looking into those to the technical analysis, and you're right though. Everyone seems to have their own own theory on uh, you know on, on what works for them. But again, if you're starting out, go with what you know. But at the same time, like you said, um, the mutual funds they sound very safe. You also said they had uh, some pretty high returns, which is cool. If your employer offers it, definitely get a 401k. And, uh, and and max that that bad boy out. And um, I'm trying to think, I, I say buy the Bitcoin. Even if you're only buying like five dollars here and there, buy it. Forget about it. What do they call that? Cost over average. Meaning like even if it's even if it's high, buy five dollars worth of Bitcoin. If it's low, buy five dollars worth of Bitcoin. Over time, it will average out, and you know you'll be. Uh, I'm not gonna say you'll be a Bitcoin millionaire, but if this uh, the way this uh, if there's hyperinflation, you'll you'll be all right. Yeah, Yo, I know you got to go today, T. Appreciate you, man. Anytime, appreciate so, it. Really, um, I, again, I'll, I'll reach out to us. There's this is pretty high level, and there's uh, we can go further in depth. Because, you know, as uh, the way this is going in, the way things are going right now is we, we have to look, you should have seven streams of income and the market, there's several markets out there. We're going to teach you how to exploit every last one of them. But yo, once again, bro, thanks for coming on the show. Very, very blessed, very grateful for that information, you know, teaching a, teach a man how to fish. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like, uh, we, we, we about that life. But yo, bro. I would really like uh, on the next time or maybe offline. Give me some more info on that. I could totally use a hundred thousand uh, dollar salary coming in. That would be nice. Yeah, we we we'll definitely talk some more. Yeah, we'll definitely talk. Of course. Yeah. And then if your listeners have any more questions, yeah, we can definitely uh, set up something. We can kind of just talk a little bit more in depth. Yeah, we'll put your <laughs> links too. Cool, cool. Yeah, and if uh, like like I said, uh, perhaps uh, I'll recommend there's some financial consultants, and then y'all can handle it. If you know that business, but we would be grateful for a little perspective, say, the you know, throwing yeah. the leads and everything. Uh, that works. <laughs> I, I got your email right there. Okay.
Awesome, bro. So yeah, that's my cell. Uh, that's my uh, Twitter handle. I'm not really active on Twitter like that. I'm just more so there to more so just gain information that's there. But definitely reach out. I mean, I this is what I have a strong passion for. And I have a really strong passion for it because what I noticed is that my parents, anybody, people in my neighborhood, nobody really didn't know about stocks. But I noticed that like the highest paid individuals are actually associated with investments in stocks. And if we can make money, make let our money make money instead of actually buying these tangible, perishable items, then then that actually changes the entire generation. And so I mean, just even with cars, I mean, they're the rich they'll buy antiques. So they buy a car that actually is going to increase in, in value. We're buying cars that actually depreciate in value. Yes, so with everything it is, just coming with a mindset of more so just saving money is making money. Saving on debt is actually more so making money and setting yourself up for the future. More so the real estate is more so setting myself up where I can actually have something to hand over to my kids or when I retire, I can actually generate a stream of income from it. Trading stocks, actually day trading is a way of actually going in and saying like, hey, I need money today. Maybe I can try and make some money here doing that. Long-term investment is more so just setting it up where you can kind of just sit on the beach and just kind of relax. And just like what you said, Cam, man, the average millionaire has seven streams of income. You kind of have to all of them and where you want to get and get in where you fit in. And it's just kind of like what we say, get in where you kind of feel comfortable with, get in where you actually can understand that investment and go for it with it and study it. But yeah, thanks for the Yo, it was, it was a pleasure, man. Uh, one more thing is like, uh, difference is you don't just want to save money, you want to invest it. Because a uh, million dollars ain't what it was yesterday. Yep. Yo, appreciate it, bro. Enjoy your Sunday. Anytime, appreciate it. Talk to you all soon. All right. Be safe out there. Will do. Peace. Thanks a lot.